people are so angry today. And there's so much to be angry about. If you watch the news for five minutes, you start getting angry. And we start holding things against people. Some of those things are, are real. Some of them imagined. Some of them against entire groups of people that, like, maybe you don't know the particulars or the individuals, but, like, I'm just angry at that whole group of people. Have you lost friends in the past few years because of all this? You know, sometimes we hear, like, have you lost friends during the COVID pandemic? And you think, well, none of my friends died. But no, 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 no. How many friends have you lost to politics in the past few years? There's been so much tension, so much confusion. And, guys, I, th- I think we need to take a deep breath and just kind of let some stuff go a little better. Because it's almost become a virtuous thing in society today to hold on to anger, to hold on to past injustice, to hold on to injustices from 300 years ago. And to overlook those things is, is, is to be considered uh, almost unvirtuous. It's literally counter the call of the gospel. I had an incredible conversation with a friend the other day who um, I had a, a bit of a falling out with uh, during the, the, the whole, I mean, the last few years, the political turmoil, all this stuff, and we disagreed and bumped, butted heads about some stuff as a, a Matt Meyer. Um, great man of God, you know? But, like, I, I just, we had a big disagreement and talked for, like, 45 minutes, and I hung up the phone. That was the last time I talked to him for two years, and I called him the other day, and we had a conversation about something unrelated, and he was just totally natural and normal and kind, and, uh, and at the end of the convo, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, man. Like, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry for how how defensive I was in that call. I was just so like tense because of everything going on in the world, and like I, I don't like how I handled myself in that call. And he's like, "Dude, I I've forgotten it." It's like I I kind of have forgotten every conflict I've had during the entire past two years, and everybody gets a free pass. <laughs> wow, what a cool example! Can we all just give each other a free pass right now? That's not stupid. That's actually holy. And the idea of forgiveness, and that's what we're going to talk about today, if you haven't caught on to that on the Chris Stefanik Show, the idea of forgiveness is like, that's, a, that's an attractive idea. The word is so beautiful. It belongs in a Hallmark card or commercial. But you get up close and personal. It's like, it's like babies. From a distance, they're so cute. And up close and personal, you smell diapers. <laughs> Sorry. You get up close and personal with the idea of forgiveness, and it goes really quickly from being this beautiful idea that, oh, I can stomach that about following Jesus, no, no, no. What, what about you when you're really hurt by, by people, by individuals, by society, by the church, by the world, by other groups of people, by people who hurt your ancestors, by people who you're suffering because of things that, like, it's not, that's not to be dismissed. There's real suffering today from things that happened 100 years ago. What about then? What about forgiveness then? Suddenly, it becomes a really unpopular thing. So unpopular that, that uh, it's worth crucifying someone over. And I think it's a big part of the reason why Jesus was crucified. So, because um, he called people to that radical idea at a time when society was divided. And no one wanted to forgive because who wants to forgive Rome? My gosh, what an awful thing to forgive. Don't you see the injustice they're doing? So I have with me an expert on the topic of forgiveness, how it frees you, how it heals society, how if we don't forgive, whoo, I don't know, we're getting a plane to move to a small island somewhere. But that doesn't even work because then you find other people there who you won't forgive. Well, then you got to look in the mirror one day. That's the real bummer. Father Geraci. It is so good to be good with to be you right now. Good to see you. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Good. It's it's always a gift to be in your presence. You're an expert on forgiveness. That's what I'm told, but I work on it every day. That's why you're the expert. But really, I, I noticed this about you. The first our first encounter, uh, we were at the Napa conference, right? And um, I had just given a wonderful talk about Jesus, right? And then Bill Barr, the famous politician, was on on the stage. And during his presentation, there was a group of protesters outside 
who started shouting and chanting and blowing horns. And it's like, dude, I want to listen to what the guy has to say. And like, even though I just talked about Jesus, everything within me said, uh, let's go throw down right now. Like I was going to get up, like that would have been super bad and stupid and not Christian. But I, I, I literally yelled, I'm like, okay, you guys are all real important. Everybody hears you. Can we listen? Like I was just like, shut it. And you had the perfect response. Actually, I want, I want, I want to uh, show, show right now a clip of what you led people in. <laughs> you just led people in prayer. Yeah. What kind of guy does that? Like that was that your first reaction, or did you have the first initial reaction that I did? I I think it was just that was I was the right place, right time, Holy Spirit movement. Yeah. My head and heart was in the right spot to hear the voice of God and respond to it. Uh, I, and I know there's other times. I, I think we were talking about Cardinal Pell earlier. Like, yeah. like that's great in big situations. Like, put me in traffic and and like you won't even be sure I was a Christian on certain days. Right. Yeah. So, I, I interviewed Cardinal Pell and he spent 400 days in solitary confinement for crime he didn't commit. I'm like, wow, you must practice forgiveness all the time because you're not angry at the people who do that. He's like. No, no, no! Don't get me wrong. Like you put me in traffic, and I and I and I, I'm cursing the universe. Yeah, uh, but it's easier with big stuff. Yeah. But but you're practicing this daily, such that you were ready to 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 go. And it was grace, right? But it's also like you're opening yourself to that grace. Um, what does that look like to practice it constantly, daily? When you're practicing forgiveness, letting things go all the time, to where your posture toward the offense offend, offender is okay. Hey, let's pray right now. It, selfishness versus selflessness. I think the times that I find myself able to step out of myself and respond in a very positive way, beautiful way like that, is when I'm trying to be present to God, to be have that presence, practicing that presence of God wherever I am, and having the prayer life that supports that, in the devotional life that supports that. And so when I'm doing good on those areas, it's it's an easier transition to respond virtuously. Mm. Versus the times that, that I've been busy, that I get caught up in myself, that I, I get caught up in self-centeredness. I want to be where I want to be. I want what I want. That's where the, the old man comes out, the, the, the ugly side of me. He's there. Yeah, right? he's, he's, but, he's very much there. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that power of, of practicing forgiveness all the time, uh, I, I, I had no idea this was a pillar of your spiritual yeah. life. Like I, I couldn't put a name to him. Like, well, there's a lot of grace in that guy that you would just get up and pray immediately. But I, that became real clear when you came visit my house after the Napa conference. Yeah. Um, which I, I got to thank you. That was that was a life changing encounter with God for me. Mm. Um, and you were the instrument of that encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, Father Tracy had come to pray with my daughter, who was recently diagnosed with MS, and she's doing great. Thank God. I mean, she struggles, you know, but a lot of grace. And um, you kind of turn the tables here because I'm like, oh, great. He's going to pray with Rosie for a healing. And you just looked at me. You're like, you need to forgive people. And I thought, dude, I'm, I'm fine. What are you talking about? Because <laughs> I, I, I kind of was, like I was functional. You know, like I, I, I kind of I mostly forgave everybody. Uh, before we talk about the prayer you led me through, 
how did you know? Like what that, that's a, a charismatic experience. Like what what does that mean? What's it feel like? Like a prophetic yeah. word. How do how do you know it's not just you or an emotional hiccup? Well, that's always the like the terrifying part of it. And I think this is the way that God helps lead me into humility is that he gives me a word and he asks me to act on it. Mm. And when I hear that word, like what you didn't see behind the scenes is that I I hear this tell Chris there's someone he needs to forgive. And I'm like, you know, my knee-jerk response is like, are you sure? You know, and so I'm questioning, is this of me or is this of God? And there's a sense that I have, a sense of peace that I have that that I recognize the Lord's voice and is this reasonable or not? And so I always ask, put it out there in that form of question because a lot of times I'll say, I hope I'm not projecting when I say this. Tell me if this is true for you or not. Mm. But with you, it was just so clear that I was able just to turn and directly say what well, I said. So. Well. So it's, but it's, it's so humbling because it's him, but it's not him and it's not me. It's we, it's us. And that's part of the, part of my journey where I'm having to learn to trust him every day and get beyond myself, get beyond my pride. Um, and, and at the risk of, of, of having an hour long tangent, when, when you say it's really clear, what does that mean? Cause people, people think, you know, you talk to God that's called prayer. You listen to God that's called crazy. Right. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> this is true. This is true. So we just make a claim here that like you heard, but you were spot on. So like, what, sure. what, what is that? Uh, when it's clear, what is that? Is it, is it a feeling in your gut? Is it, is I mean, it a word some, in your heart? It's a word in my heart. It's, it, you know, bubbles up in the intellect and, and I'll be, you know, I've, so I've been a priest now 11 years going on 12 and part of my ministry is um, leading people through Eucharistic healing services as well as forgiveness. So that's been an instrumental part of my ministry. And the Eucharistic healing service, I literally stand there holding Jesus and have people gather around and I just pray with people and let Jesus do what he wants to do. I remember there's one time I was holding him, I'm like, Lord, is there something you want me to say? Something you want me, want me to do? And I'm like, interior, I just heard you like, I got it. <laughs> Okay. Okay. And so like I was anxious. I was anxious to insert myself in that situation. But it comes back to the devotional prayer life is that as you pray your devotions, as you hear your calls, it's like, how did you know you were supposed to marry Natalie? Yeah. It it just it was clear. You saw it. Maybe you heard it. But it it just it dialed together. And so sometimes a few things were so clear in my life that I didn't have to question them. Yeah. So it's almost like that clarity instantly upon you, I guess, as you're saying. Yeah. Exactly. And so God speaks in a variety of ways in all of our lives. Yeah. So like when I'm in the confessional, it's like people will be confessing things and it's it's like algebra. Like people say, I'll never use algebra again. Man, come be a confessor because I'm always solving for X. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to confessions. People's normally sins are a series of symptoms that points towards a deficiency in a particular virtue mm. and an excess in a particular vice. Wow. And so if you can just hear that, and sometimes our Lord just lays it right out for you and you just see it right there and you say that and people mm. are like, wow, that's amazing. Wow. But it's just part of the, the having an established prayer life. If you're taking time for silence, taking time in scripture and really trying to follow, here I am, Lord, speak, your servant is listening. You'll begin to discern his voice from yours. Mm. And I think that's just kind of the way it moves. So, and it is a gift, but I think we all have it active in us more than we realize. For example, how many times have you just happened to say the right thing at the right time? You didn't think about it. The words just came right out of your mouth. Right, right. Exactly. Very yeah. similar. Beautiful. So the thing that you that you dug into with me yeah. was that I, I didn't notice I had to forgive because I had kind of, there's, there's some things I worked on from my childhood and evils I confronted that were done to me. Uh, in, my, in some teenage years, and just yeah. that I, I, I said I, I forgive that. 
I confronted it. I, I reported, I forgave I, I, all, the, all the steps. But the reality was that I only forgave 95%. Mm-hmm. And you, you feel okay when, when, you, when you do that. You don't need, and it's almost more insidious because you don't notice. Mm-hmm. You had a great image when I, I said, well, I think I mostly forgave. What was that image? Yeah. So what I was seeing when <laughs> I was praying, so I transitioned praying over Rosa, praying over you. And so as I'm praying over you, I'm seeing this image of like a, a cooler that you'd have at a football game. And in the bottom <laughs> of the cooler. And that was Christophanic Christ- soul. Christ- I wanted something more profound and no, beautiful. Sorry. Sorry. It was a football game cooler. Football game cooler. Beers it was it. sludge. No, no, the beers were empty. It was, <laughs> it it was worse. It was like, this is after like the Subway sandwich had melted in the, in the juicy <laughs> water in the bottom. And it was full of sludge at the bottom. But it was like the RealLifeCatholic.com. <laughs> Support this ministry. Support. It's, it's a cooler full of sludge. <laughs> no, sludge. Go, go with, with the melted uh, Subway sandwich. Um, but it was as if you needed to hit that drain cap yeah. and empty out that remaining 5%. That it, most of it was gone. Yeah. But it was that last remaining bit. And it wasn't, it wasn't nasty and moldy originally. It was over time that you held on to that last little bit. And it was pride. It was the wound. It was not knowing how. It, yeah. it was a. It was a variety of things that created that mixture. Self preservation. Self preservation. Which, which this is where it gets tricky. Right. That's an inherently good thing. Right. Right. So we're, we act out of these uh, inherently good things, to, but then it becomes poison. And I've held onto that, that image ever since you, you gave that to me, um, because it's. And, I, and I'm glad you're repeating it right now, because there's some things I got to let go of all the way right now. Sure. It's like no, you let go 95, percent and that's like yeah. You, that's like getting a cooler after the game. and It's 95% clean. I'm just going to put it in there in June and open it up again in August. And what's that going to look like, dude? Yeah. Can wreck the whole program. <laughs> Can wreck the whole house. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the prayer you led me through. Yes. Now, uh, we can't go through the whole thing right now. And I want you to go to uh, Google um, Chris Stefanik, Father Geraci, Real Life Catholic Forgiveness. Because after he led me through this prayer, three days later, yep. we filmed an entire program it. it was amazing. It. And it was the most anointed, quick action of God. Like, I usually would spend six months preparing for that. I, I, I still kind of, my mind's still kind of blown. I had about 100,000 people go through the program by the grace of God. But, uh, so go into that and, and follow him through this. Like, you got a 15-minute video where he leads you through this prayer. But give us a bird's-eye view of what you had me say. And I've, and I've been practicing it since then. That's awesome. So yeah. it's reallifecatholic.com slash forgive. Okay. So there you go. There it is. There um, it is. <laughs> and it's week four. Yep. So so basically there's this meditation that our Lord gave me. I, I had a woman come to me early in my priesthood and she had a, a person murder her daughter and she didn't know how to forgive. There's all these clever things we can say about what forgiveness is, what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is a choice. It's not a feeling. All of these things. I was stunned. I was absolutely paralyzed and there was a crucifix on the wall and I just looked at the crucifix and I said, Lord, what do I say? I have no idea what to say or do. And the in, seminary didn't get you quite ready for that moment. Nothing yeah. prepares you for that moment. Yeah. Nothing prepares. You know, it's, it's like a boxer say, you, all, you have a plan until you get hit in the jaw. Yeah. You know, and then it's just like, because you have no, nothing can prepare you for the reality of how evil the world is. Mm-hmm. But yet, Turning to God in prayer, in grace, in that moment. Again, it was a supernatural ability to turn and ask and to hear. And he said, the easiest way to forgive her to say these words. Mm. Say my words as I hung upon the cross. <sighs> Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Chills, man. Yeah. yeah. And the easiest way to forgive is to literally just say what I said. On the cross. Say what I said. But we say it three times. It's important three times. The human person is a trinity in a single unity. We're an intellectual person, we're an emotional person, and we're a spiritual person. 
And so to, to forgive, it's easy to forgive. Yeah, I forgive you intellectually, but what about from my emotional heart? What about from the spiritual heart, from, from my, that little boy inside who was really hurt the deepest in the most primal and binary level? Mm. Like to allow him to forgive or for a woman to allow her to forgive mm. that little girl, that little boy to grant permission. And I, I say in marriage and family, I love you are not the most important words. Mm. I forgive you is. Cool. Because embedded in I forgive you in marriage and family and life is included, I love you so much I'm willing to suffer for, with, or because of you and still hope for a better tomorrow in Jesus Christ. Man, that's awesome. It's it's also more intimate in a way. Yeah. Because it's an admission, like when people say, nah, no worries. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I forgive you says... I'm I I'm open to you in a way that you have you have permission and ability to hurt me and you did. There's a, a level of intimacy that is so raw. Yes. And I forgive you. Yes. Yeah. It's almost showing the receipt. This is what the what it cost. I forgive. So I forgive so you. So I, I you had me picture myself next to Jesus on the cross. Yes. And looking down at the person who offended me and saying three times, "Father, forgive him. He knows not what he does." Yes. And then the image at the end of time. Oh yeah, at the final judgment. I had a huge revelation from one of the persons who went through this. So at the end, so now we imagine we do father forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus hanging on the cross, you hanging on the cross. It's this whole wonderful Lexio Divina. Um, Divine reading. yeah, Divine reading. Meditating on scripture. Meditating on it, being there, placing yourself there. And so the next part of that is I have you imagine seeing anyone who's ever hurt you kneeling before Jesus at their final judgment. They have died, and Jesus is revealing to them every single thing they have done to hurt you. And there's no excuses when you're in that final judgment. There is, there is nothing that you can say to, to disrupt that. And you see it in absolute sobriety. And I have the individual imagine going up to Jesus and saying, Lord, this page with every single sin these people have committed against me, Lord, please tear out these sins that they've committed against me. Burn them in the fire of your sacred heart. Do not let them incur one day in purgatory or the fires of hell because of this. And you're wishing good on them. And one of the people who went through this program, we got in contact because she was still struggling. And one of the questions she asks is, how can we ask Jesus to tear out the pages of their life? But what I realized in that meditation through that conversation was that it wasn't their final judgment that we were seeing. It was ours. Because as you forgive, you'll be forgiven. Are we willing to ask Jesus to tear out the pages and the, of anyone who's ever hurt you? And it's cathartic to say it out loud. You know, it's, the image is powerful, yes. but when you have me say three times, Jesus Tear out that page. Yes. Jesus, tear out that page. Jesus, tear out that page. Yes. Oh, so powerful, brother. There is a release that takes place. This is why confession is so important. Because our Lord, again, the psychology of speaking something out loud, to say it, you have to not only choose, but engage and believe. Mm. Let's take this back to, to this world where forgiveness is less and less popular. Okay. Because uh, people hear this and, and their butt gets in the way. Sure. But the person who offended me is, is not in prison. Right. But the person who offended me is not sorry. Right. 
but uh, but I'm still suffering the consequences of what that person did. Right. And to let go of that but is, is to is is almost considered weakness now. Correct. Or uh, not caring about actual justice. So we have to therefore seek retribution, and uh, and restitution, and every everything. Um, what do you say to that? What do you say to all the all the obstacles that come in the way when people actually talk about real forgiveness and just really actually letting go? Lord, th- this person is injustice. They did something wrong to me, and and they owe me. They owe you. Yep. Hold them accountable. Yep. To to shift that to let it go, Lord. Please, I beg you on this person's behalf. Right. What do you what do you say to all the, those obstacles? So so one recognizing that we're when you hang on to something, you're abandoning the Christian ethos. Yeah. And embracingly a worldly ethos. Mm. Candace Owen, Ben Shapiro, they talk about the victim Olympics, right? Mm. The the great competition in our world today is to show how much I was offended, how much I was wounded, how much <laughs> the I was hurt. Victim Olympics. Victim Olympics. Yeah, yeah. And and there's this whole notion of of look how bad I've been treated, look how bad I've had it. But when we forgive, when we move beyond, yes, it's important to recognize, it's important to acknowledge who has hurt us and how. But then turning to Christ and saying, not only are you the God of the entire universe, you are the God of my pain, you are the God of my wounds, you are the God of those who have hurt me. Mm. And Lord, in you I find freedom, and you is the path forward. You did not hesitate to show us your wounds, so I will not hesitate to show you mine. Lord, if I try and enact vengeance on these people who have hurt me, if I hold this grudge against them, if I'm seeking that retribution and justice, I'm stealing from you. Dex, this, this comes right back to the, 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 the only answer to this is profound faith in Jesus on the cross. It's I mean, the that's it. only way to freedom. It's the only way to freedom. <sighs> right? Uh, again, you, you if only look, there was something simpler than sainthood. Oh, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. I, I mean, the the challenge. It, it's it's being a radical Christian. Yeah. To take, I mean, because this one individual I was speaking to, like the horrors of this that that has happened to them. Mm. How? I mean, they had. A, if anybody had a right not to forgive, there are many people out there who have experienced horrendous tr- evils in their life. Yeah, and 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 the answer is isn't just um, when I think of the victim Olympics. The answer isn't conservatism. Right. The answer is Christianity, mm-hmm. because you find people who react against that by resenting. Right. The the uh, the other half of society that that right. has fallen into the, into wokeism or whatever it is, and they live with a constant unforgiveness toward that. I, I heard a, a study recently that eighty percent of conservatives said they hate liberals. Eighty percent of liberals say they hate conservatives. And like I'm thinking, Christians, man, we have to exit this insanity utterly, completely, and totally. Completely. Just get out of it. And and just and it's not about making everything right. It's about me letting go of my of my claim to justice, and God will set things right. Yes. And when you see the justice of God, it's like, dude, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Absolutely. You know, and if I do wish it on someone, I'm heading toward damnation myself. And Jesus was clear about that. Yeah. We we shouldn't look at anyone who opposes us or has offended us or hurt us or done evil against us as the enemy. Yeah. They're the prize. Mm, and that's what you see at the Napa conference when those people are protesting and yelling and trying to shout right. down a, 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 an event. That person is my beloved brother or sister who Jesus died for. That's the prize. Let's get them. Yes, let's get them. That's a radically different way of thinking. Yeah, I think of Paul in prison, thinking about his prison guards that way, and, 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 and uh, members of of of, uh, of 
of Nero's household came to faith. Why? Because Paul wasn't cursing the prison guards. I mean, he wanted to go preach to an arena. Instead, some estimates say that about 4,000 prison guards had access to Paul during his time in Rome because they changed every couple hours. Yeah. So here he is. Who's next? (laughs) I got you where I want you. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you for delivering them into my hands. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but but I think if we see it through that lens as seeing the evils in our life as an opportunity for God to work through us in these low places, in places that we would have never chosen to go on our own, that God has allowed us to be there by the evil of someone else, that God says, listen, I can handle it. I will take that evil that's happened to you and make something more beautiful from it later. But right now, be with me now. Suffer with me. Love me. And if we don't do that, we don't only fail to be good Christians. If we don't do this, I really we're, we're in the precipice of disaster society. 100%. And there's a prophetic message in your community uh, and what you were founded on and what your whole mission was in France. Yes. Um, and there's a prophetic message in the failure of your community in France that what was not heeded by the people when your founder came uh, and, and the, the results of it, everyone could go look at the results in the history books. Yeah. It'll ha- it can happen here. Shulchanitsyn said, uh, who who's, who's, <laughs> was in prison and wrote the Gulag Archipelago, all the evils of the 20th century are possible everywhere on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us the, the, the story of your community, yeah. what your founder tried to do right. to save people from killing each other in France, So how that speaks to us now. Father Razan, this French diocesan priest, uh, was noted not only as the greatest preacher in France, but also was noted for his humility. In the aftermath of the 1789 through 1799 French Revolution, he was asked to leave the parish to form a band of mission preachers to go out parish to parish all throughout France to re-evangelize France to bring back the core elements of the faith. And as he looked at the decimation that France had endured, I mean, the killing, the violence, the toppling of churches, those who literally apostatized from the faith, those who had led people into sin and hell, Hmm. he realized that there was only two words that made any sense, and it was God's mercy. And so he chose the title of our community, the the Congregation of the Priests of Mercy of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So we go by the Fathers of Mercy. And so we were called to go out into France at that time to re-evangelize France. And we had made great inroads, but in the 1839 anti-clerical government, when the atheism was enshrined and basically religion was exiled. And so we were, we lost property. We, I mean, Father Razan was in so the house. we haven't gotten back. We haven't, well, no, we haven't gotten back because France is lost. I mean, the, yeah, the practicing, yeah. I think, Catholicism might represent 10% practicing, and that's a generous amount. These revolutions work sometimes. Well, and it, it right? toppled everything. Sometimes the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Some, I mean, always spiritually it is, but sometimes it actually works. Well, when there's a desire for humility and a desire to come back to the core elements of what we're asked to do. Yeah. And, and that was lacking in France. And then you had the second wave that just exiled religion altogether. And so the first daughter of the church was the first to fall. You know, during that time, to be Catholic was to be French, to be French was to be Catholic. Mm. And this was all exiled. So we found ourselves sending immig- uh, priests to help the immigrants in the United States. We die out all across the world, and then we only exist in the U.S. At our lowest point, we were down, we were at 99 members at our height, priests, down to six members at our lowest. Wow. And we've had this resurgence in our community now. 
You know, we are traveling confessors and preachers. And so we travel, do, I travel seven months of the year doing missions and retreats with the emphasis on leading people to conversion of heart through the sacrament of confession and forming people in the basics of the faith. There's, I mean, there's a prophetic reason, right, that you guys are here right now. Because I, th I think of your founders, this lone voice in France, where you have yes. the, the pain of real injustice, right? Yes. You have an aristocracy that, that treated people horribly and that took something from them and that kept them down. And, and this, this power class division. Then you have uh, the, this, this flip where people's in ancestral inherited lands were taken from them. Yes. And everybody's got these le legitimate claims to the same places. Mm -hmm. So now what? And here, here's a priest saying, forgive each other. Yes. Everybody let it go or everything's over. And, you know, and, and when we don't, when we hold it up as a virtue to not forgive, it's like decolonize everything. Well, that's a cute idea. Three steps down the road, it's the guillotine is what that is. Without question. You know, let, let's first. all go back in history and see, and see that because I'm suffering from things that happened 100 years ago, therefore, I'm entitled to an entire class of people paying me back something. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, then so am I. I can go, I can go to, to Ireland and, and get money from someone from England for taking my ancestral lands. Because I, I would probably have more money in my family line if, that, if the injustice of the potato famine had not happened right. 150 years ago. But we, can, we all have these claims. Victim Olympics. Yeah, and it's just like... Uh, you, you got to let it go. And there's this oversimplistic division. When you lose your metaphysic, when you lose the, the higher transcendent that guides society, as France did, right? What you're left with is nothing but uh, class division and power dynamics divorced from any question about ethics. Yes. We see that happening with, with, what's ha with the uh, response of uh, Ivy League schools. This is a, like a scandal right now, right? It's with, insane. With Gaza. Yeah. Right. Elise, Elise Stefanik, who I'm not related to, though I do have an Eloise Stefanik. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, sat down in front of the Ivy League presidents of Harvard, MIT, and Penn, and, and specifically said, "Would you? Would you? Would calling for the genocide of Jews constitute a violation of the code of conduct at your school? Yes or no?" <laughs> and they said, "Depends on the context." Yeah. Like, dude, will we lose the 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 metaphysic and? calls to forgive and yeah. right or wrong and God, then all there is is power dynamics. Yeah. And then everything is justifiable. Once you've isolated and located it, here's, here's the powerful, here's the oppressed. Well, therefore, this group of people has no actual human rights. We've got to support this group of people or we're bad. Right. In doing anything, including a terrorist act. Right. And this isn't to say that there's no injustice done by powerful people. But... This is, this is madness. This is insanity. If if we don't have higher principles and things like mercy governing us, that's where we're headed. We need your community. Well, and, and it brings forth the mercy of God. And and I think that's the reality of what I see among the faithful clergy, among the faithful Catholics, is this devotion to self conversion first to allow me to find self conversion. Yeah. Well, it's it's looking in the mirror and recognizing that all of the people who need mercy in conversion is me. I mean, this is part of the reason we wear the image of the father and prodigal son is the number is that one. That's what that is. That's the image. That's awesome, yeah. man. So, so number one, I was first embraced by the father. I had to come home to the father to recognize that my stinking thinking took me away. Yeah. And now I've come home to the father. The father has embraced me. And now go love others as I have loved you. And so this is why our founder gave us this image is that he didn't want us to have retreat houses to do in-house retreats. He wanted us to go out looking for those prodigal sons and daughters who wanted to come home, who needed to come home, to have our voices and message anointed with the Holy Spirit to help open their hearts to find their way back home. 
and mm-hmm. to be there in the confessional when they were ready to come home. Now, another pillar for your spiritual life that, again, I'm, I'm, I'm digging into this because I'm inspired by it, because the yep. world needs it, because you helped me so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to imitate it. Chaplet of Mercy. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and by the way, I, 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 uh, I'm friends with people at Saddleback Church in Southern California. I've, I've heard Rick Warren, Pastor Rick Warren, wrote Purpose Driven Life, praise the Chaplet of Mercy regularly. So this isn't just a Catholic thing? It's not. It's actually in the book, actually. I, so, oh, you did? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I included that story by in the, the way, book. Yeah. The book. The book. The Where book. do people get this book? Uh, Amazon or Tan. Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy, The Weapon for Our Times. Boom! What a great title, Father Ken Geraci. Uh, tell us, so, Chaplet of Mercy, what, what is it? What does it do? Why can non-Catholics pray it? You know, the question that non-Catholics, when I, I was non-Catholic for a great period of time and then had my conversions back to faith, and one of the questions that you would hear the pastors ask is that, have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? <laughs> you did that really well. I know, hey, listen, you I'm should do that as a Catholic preacher, too. It's a great question. Well, well it is. Right. And so, so what does that mean to be washed in the blood of the Lamb? Well, the Catholic response is baptism, the Eucharist, confession, attending mass and now the divine mercy chaplet so when you pray the divine mercy chaplet Mm -hmm. i mean let's look at the prayer eternal eternal father i offer you what the body blood soul and divinity of jesus christ for what reason the atonement for our sins and those of the whole world it's awesome and so when you pray the chaplet of divine mercy you have to find yourself in the presence of the father Mm -hmm. and you're in the posture of offering and so it requires a vulnerability you can just say the words and it's powerful, but the more vulnerable you can become in that moment, the more present you can become to what you're saying and what you're doing and where you're at is where the power comes in. And so, eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity. That's the Eucharist. Mm. The Eucharist is the Mass. The so mass you're cooperating with Jesus' offering himself on the cross at the Mass. You're like, I'm doing this with you, Lord. Exactly. As a priest, in my priestly role, everybody, we, we forget that every Christian is baptized and then anointed priest, prophet, and king. Like, every Christian has a priestly role. In that the universal offering. priesthood is to offer sacrifice. And Sacrosanctum Concilium talks about uniting ourselves through the hands of the priest and the offering of Calvary to the Father. And so every awesome. time you pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet, you find yourself where Christ first was on the cross, where he was perfectly present to the Father. Mm offering himself body, blood, soul, and divinity on Calvary with Mary and John at the foot of the cross in that perfect act of humility and self-sacrifice for the atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. And so you are literally the blood and water flowing from his side, Mm. washing over us. So when we pray the chaplet, you can have three different images or a variety of images for that matter. But one of them is being at the foot of the cross with Mother Mary and St. John. Put yourself there. Put yourself there. Yeah. And see that blood and water flowing over you, your problems, the mercy that you need, the mercy that the world needs, the problem that we have. See this division between the right and the left, whether it's politics or in the church, and allow the blood and water to flow over that, to wash away the ego, pride, and sin. Mm -hmm. And then life is in the blood. Have the blood come over it and give new life to that. It's such an amazing way to pray, to see yourself there at the foot of the cross. The other way you want to change a priesthood, you got some bad priests or troublesome priests. Imagine yourself as Aaron and Ur held up the arms of Moses when their arms up, they were victorious. Well, the part of the chapel that we're praying is the great doxology of mass where the priest has elevated the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus through him, with him, and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the mm-hmm. unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. And so imagine holding up the arms of the priest 
The one that you love, that you want to support, hold his arm up so he doesn't fall. The ones that are struggling, that have fallen, go into those depths of despair and that darkness and find those fallen priests and help lift them up. We can change the priesthood by praying that way. Oh, it's powerful, man. And if Google Chaplain of Divine Mercy if you don't know what it is. Really simple prayer. You get your rosary and the big beads. You pray that one prayer that you just prayed and the small ones. For the sake of his sorrow, passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. And that, that just, it forms our own souls into, into souls of mercy. You know, and and I'm not, again, we're not saying to not work for justice. Scripture says you want peace, work for justice. We should serve the poor. We should help the oppressed. Uh, but for a Christian... The spirit of, of mercy, as opposed to the spirit of cancel culture. The spirit of, of forgiveness, that, that posture, that spiritual posture of I forgive you, I let things go. It doesn't come at the end of the road. It's not conditioned by all things are just and set, set straight, now I forgive you. No, no, no. That's the precondition before we work for any justice, before we do all the other things. First we forgive. That's right. That's first right. we forgive. Because if we don't live that Christian ethos, the corporal works of mercy are just social justice, not actual works of mercy. Mm. And so we're doing it out of a selfish motivation versus the authentic Christian motivation that I'm recognizing the dignity of the person across from me, whether we agree or disagree, and I want to serve and sacrifice for them. And this isn't to say that, that the person necessarily is even sorry. That's right. I mean, the person, you led me through forgiving. Um, I... I, I I don't want to talk to the person, right? Sure. And, and that's okay. Like I have a, like I can protect myself. Good fences make good neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> right. But inside my heart, I could say, I'm done thinking about you, man. Yeah. I, I, I forgive and I pray the Lord forgives. I'm moving on. Yeah. Uh, and the Lord loves me so much. He loves you so much. Like he loves all of us so much that he wants us to experience that forgiveness, that the power and freedom of that. Yeah. Whether or not the other person is right. sorry. Yeah. Well, and uh. I think it was Matt was saying earlier that forgiveness, when you forgive a person, it creates the opportunity for them to recreate themselves in a new way. Mm. Now imagine that person that hurt you came to you and said, Chris, I realize that I committed a horrific evil at you. You know, and one year, five years, 10 years from now, and, you're gonna, and it's not gonna move you right or left. You're gonna say, welcome home, brother. I have forgiven you, I've been praying for you, and Jesus is a victor in this. Mm. Praise the Lord. The solution to the problems in the world isn't clinging to one particular party uh, in politics. Um, the Savior's name is not Joe or Don. I'm pretty sure I looked up in the scripture. I didn't see either of their... No, not uh, there. No, the Savior's Jesus. And, and, and the, the path forward is, starts with, with the most unpopular thing ever when you really get into the details. It's, it's, it's letting everything go. <laughs> well, and I think it's important also to dial not only the politics thing, but also church politics. Yeah. Is that this whole notion within the church, th there is greater, greater separation between the conservative and I guess you want to call it the liberal faction. important issues. They are very important issues. But more important that I don't become poisoned but toxic unforgiveness yeah. while dealing with the issues. Yeah, the, the, we're not saying don't deal with the issue. We're, we're saying don't get poisoned by it. Yeah. Don't ingest it so much that it is it is making you callous and closing off that receptivity to Christ. Mm -hmm. That's the danger, the most dangerous thing. Um, side note, thing that helped save me in COVID because I, I was I was losing my mind. I was I was we Jesus, all were, man. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was not my best form. The surrender novena. Simplest novena to pray. It's a Google one paragraph. It. Incredible. This, this, not, it, it's, it, I, I use the word it saved my priesthood because I think I was thinking some really bad thoughts and making some really bad decisions. Yeah. Um, it gives you the freedom to let God be God. 
And so if you find yourself wrapped around the axle or worked up about a particular subject, whether it's politics, church stuff, whatever, come to that surrender novena and allow God to be God. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Because really that, that is the fundamental problem. There's a, there's a difference between you and God. God never thinks he's you. We, we st- <laughs> if, if I don't forgive, it's probably because I'm sitting on the throat of God, yeah. thinking I'm the arbiter of all justice and right. Mm-hmm. And I need everything right in order to be able to move on. Yeah. Nope. No. I'm a creature. No. Just with my fellow creatures, and I'm praying for salvation just like them. Would you lead us in a, in a just a, just a prayer? Just honestly, I just want to have this be a little little, little bit of a cathartic moment for for everybody. Just rattle off the many things that are burdening people: church, politics, a friend, a family member, someone who abused, someone who hurt us. Say just just letting it go, and just saying, Lord, I just forgive. And uh, and let's let's take it from. There. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we just invite you into the depths of our soul. The depths of our heart. The depths of this moment, Lord. For each of us, Lord, it may be a family member. It might be a spouse. It might be a wayward child. It might be the church. The leadership. The bureaucracy the members, our world, Lord. In our own heart right now, Lord, help us separate behaviors from the dignity of the people involved. Help us see each and every one who we may have something against or a problem with who have hurt us as a son or daughter as you see them. Help us see them as you see, Lord but also give us the mystic sight to see how Satan and the diabolic spirits animate these things and increase the infection. Lord, we surrender to you because in this moment, Lord, you are enough. Your grace is enough. You've come to reveal the Father to us. So in this moment now, Lord, Bring our hearts to the Father and allow him to embrace us as only a father can, removing the thorns, healing the wounds, bandaging our souls, our emotions, and our bodies, and allow the Heavenly Mother to wrap us all in her protective mantle. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Thank you, In the name you, of the Jesus. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. I love you, man. It's good to be with you. Back yeah. with you, man. Praise God. Hey, and make sure you get that book, Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy, A Weapon for Our Times. Father Ken Geraci, uh, find it on Amazon, or Tan. Tan? Is it Tan? Yeah, Tan and, and make sure you're supporting our mission. Become a missionary joy today. Go to reallifecatholic.com forward slash MOJ, and the info is also in the show notes. You are the reason we're able to do all this stuff and reaching literally millions of people. It is blowing my mind how, how this ministry is exploding right now. That's all because of you. So become a missionary joy. We also pour back into you if you become one and just help you share your faith with joy. We love you guys. See you next time.